You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. You know, I just felt like, as they were talking about the worship team, um, I just felt to encourage some of you, I would imagine that some of you have uh, in your closets guitars or instruments that you have uh, stopped playing years ago, uh, and I, I just believe that uh, it might be the season for you to take them out and begin to sing uh, a song to the Lord and work on those three chords that you know on the guitar or those three chords that you know on the piano and, and use that instrument as an instrument to worship Jesus. And I just feel like there's, there is right now a season of time when God is stirring people, he's stirring our hearts to get closer to him, and there's nothing like worship that will help you and your family. Uh, it'll, it'll bring the presence of the Lord into your house in a beautiful way. Uh, and sometimes just those two or three simple chords in progression, and you just begin to pour out your heart to the Lord, it'll do something. It'll do something in you. It'll do something in your house. Uh, and uh, you might be surprised what, what happens as you just decide, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this little gift as an offering to you. Uh, once upon a time, everybody on the worship team, whether they're a vocalist or whether they're an instrumentalist, play a guitar, sometimes we look up there, we go, man, those people, they're amazing. All of us started, everybody started somewhere with their instrument. And, and just watch what God does when you're faithful with the little, right? He's, it's amazing what he can do. Listen, I, I'm going to speak to you for a few moments about um, what happened last weekend in the prophetic summit. And whether you were here or not, it'll be for you because we're just going to align our thinking for a few minutes on how, as a house, how, as Quinnia Church, uh, I want us to think about uh, the prophetic and the way that God moves in the prophetic. But uh, I, I want to do something with you first, if that's okay. Maybe this is just a, uh, uh, I don't know, I just got inspired for a moment. So, um, so I want to encourage you in this way. Maybe this speaks to you, maybe it doesn't. But the Psalms 107, verse 8 says this, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Now, that's what, that's what we've been doing this morning in worship, right? As we come together, one of the reasons we sing together is we're singing thanks to the Lord. We, we start always our time uh, of our services is just saying, thank you, Lord. You're good. You're powerful. You're mighty. You're great. There's nobody like you. Uh, and, and, and then it says in, in verse 9, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Uh, the priority of worship, I think, is there. We start with worship because it puts our hearts in the direction of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's always where we begin. Whenever you're feeling uh, depressed, down, uh, whenever you're, you're struggling, you're feeling, feeling anxious, you're feeling worried, you're not sure uh, about you know, what, what's going on, uh, the best thing to do is to begin to praise God. The best thing to do is to begin to declare who God is. And then what happens is that then it says he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Now, I don't know if you came in thirsty or hungry this morning for God, uh, but I did. Uh, and, and, but I, and I sense it, that in the house this morning, in this service in particular, there is a hunger for God. There is a desire that God would do more in your life. 
in your family? There's, is, does that speak to you? Like, I want more of Jesus. Do you want more of him? I want more of his presence. I want more of his peace. I want more of his power. I want more of his anointing. I want his covering over my kids. I, I want him to dwell in my house. I, I want there to be the reality of his presence wherever I go. I want to be the kind of person that is carried in a sense of God's greatness all the time. I want that. Don't you want that? And, and that, that the reality is, is that he fills those who are thirsty. Right? If we're hungry, the promise of the Lord is, is that he will fill you. And frankly, if you're not hungry this morning, you can say, God, would you just make me hungry? Because sometimes I've gone through seasons where I wasn't particularly hungry. I've gone through seasons where I just was just coming to church, just doing the motions. And I was the pastor at the church, right? I was, I was like, I was supposed to be the one leading in worship. I didn't feel like leading in worship. And so sometimes there, there are seasons when you don't feel it, but you, and, and you have to actually just press into asking God, would you, would you please help me be more hungry? Would you please give me a desire for more of you? There's another psalm that says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it, says the Lord. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. In other words, you want more of God? It's time to reach out. It's time to open up your mouth. It's time to say, Jesus, I'm here. I need more of you. I need more of your presence. So I just want to do an exercise with you. For about 30 seconds, I'm just going to invite you, and this could be totally new for you, but I just want you to stand to your feet, and I'm just, I'm just going to invite you just to reach out to the Lord. You might lift up your hands, but I'm going to add everybody in the house to open your hands. Come on, everybody stand up. I mean, this is not just like an optional exercise. You came in the house. You asked for this, okay? We're in church this morning, so I'm the pastor, and I'm saying it's time to get hungry. It's time to reach out for the Lord. So just lift up your hands and just begin to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm hungry for you, God. I want more of you. I want more of your presence. Lord, would you visit us? Would you, would you fill our mouths with your goodness? Lord, we're just declaring to you this morning, we need you, God. We don't want to be the same. I don't want the same level of power as everybody else. I don't want the same lifestyle as the world. I don't want to be the same when I walk out this morning. So God, give me more of you today. Give me more of you today. Give my my family more of you. Jesus, we're crying out for you this morning. Come on, church, lift up your voice a little bit louder. We're crying out, God. We're asking that you would fill us. We're asking that you would shift us. We're asking that you would move us. God, would you begin to break the atmosphere of resistance even right now over our lives? God, we're saying we want more of your kingdom. We want more of your anointing. We want more of your power. We want more of your presence. Lord, we want to be a different kind of people. So, Lord, would you come right now. Jesus, would you come right now? Just come right now, Lord. Lord, we, we love you, Lord. We open our mouth wide, asking that you would fill us. Lord, would you fill every, every heart? Would you sensitize every spirit this morning? Lord, over the next few minutes as we go into your word, as we talk about the things of God, Lord, would you just quicken in our spirits the things that we need to receive this morning? Those areas, Lord, of brokenness, would you begin to heal? Those areas of depression, would you lift up? Those areas of fear, Lord, would you bring courage in their place? Those areas of doubt, would you bring faith this morning, God? Would you change us today, we pray, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. All right, you can be seated. Amen. Amen. God is good 
all the time, all the time. Listen, I want to highlight for you our book for this next month in March is a book on finances. It's called How to Be Rich. Uh, the subtitle is It's Not What You Have, It's What You Do with What You Have. And the reality is, is that all of us are designed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be rich. First Timothy says to be rich in good deeds. And we're going to go into a series in March on finances. And I want to encourage you, uh, if you'd like to prep yourself and be a part of that kind of uh, uh, something to read alongside of that, you can pick this book up. Uh, it's really excellent. It'll, it'll tell you how you, as a follower of Christ, are supposed to relate to your finances. It's really important. Your money is a big deal. If you haven't noticed, you think about it a lot. Right? And our life is so consumed by things and resources and money. If we're not careful, it will consume us. And we become consumers and our life becomes about consumption. And we miss what God has for us. And we become locked up into debt. And at the end of the day, we're not free to do the things that God wants us to do because we are slaves to Citibank and to Chase Bank and to all the other banks because we have learned a lifestyle that the world wants us to learn of consumption. And so we're going to talk about how to get free from that. Uh, as a church, let's get free out of this debt thing so that we can live according to the way that God wants us to live. These are available at guest services. Uh, they're $10 each. They're affordable. Of course, you can get them on Amazon or any different way. But I want to encourage you to join us in reading that in the month uh, of March. Uh, Friday and Saturday, just want to mention we were at... Moro, uh, not Moro, but yeah, Cambria. Uh, my wife and I went over with about 34, 35 couples for our marriage retreat uh, in Cambria. It's just such a sweet time together. Couples investing uh, in their marriage. Some of them are still there uh, th 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 this morning. They're not at church, just enjoying each other. Uh, and I just love how people want to invest in their marriage. Everybody wants a a better marriage. Don't you want a better marriage? Uh, and, and, and there's nothing as important really as investing in your marriage in terms of the relationships that you have on this earth. And so if you're married, that person that God gave you, that's your person. And you need to invest in your relationship. You need to invest in understanding how God made them. You need to understand how to fight for your marriage. Don't give in to the culture of the world uh, and, and, and just sort of give up on your marriage, but decide, you know what, I'm going to fight for this thing. This house, really, Quinonia Church is designed to be a house where marriages are healed and restored and stronger and more beautiful. And we see that happening. And, uh, and so when you see those opportunities uh, around get announced, married life date nights and retreats, and take advantage of them. Uh, and if you miss this one, don't miss the next one. Um, and I, I want to mention to you that uh, Glad Tidings Church in Hanford, I just heard that I think it's maybe next weekend, it might be the following weekend, they have a marriage conference that's coming up uh, on, the, on love and respect, which is incredible material. And so maybe that works out for you. Go to their website. Uh, we like Glad Tidings Church. We like all the churches in this community. There's so many good resources uh, for us that we need to take advantage of to grow in our marriage. So let's make sure that we're doing that. Last week, as I mentioned, we had our prophetic summit. Uh, maybe you are part of that. Uh, maybe, maybe you missed it, but it was a, a pretty powerful time. Invited a couple of pastors to come in who have unique prophetic giftings uh, to minister to us over the course of the weekend. We had service on Friday night. We had a workshop on Saturday morning about the prophetic. We had an evening service. We had Sunday morning services. Lots and lots of ministry that happened. People got individual prophetic words. There were prophetic words over the congregation. And uh, it really was a wonderful time of ministry. It was pretty exciting. How many of you uh, received, uh, got called out and got a word last weekend? 
at some point. Yeah, a number of you in the house, right? They, they picked you out, they gave you a word, uh, and, and, and that's exciting, exciting stuff. There were people up on stage who were um, maybe moving into a new place of ministry uh, that, that we uh, ministered to and, and that they spoke over. Um, and the, the thing is, is that we believe that God speaks today to his church. We, we believe that we, as the people of God, we get the stamp of his approval. We receive his Holy Spirit, and he wants to speak to us. If you're here this morning, you know Jesus Christ. He wants to speak to you. Right? He actually has spoken to you, and he will speak to you. That, that's the expectation that we have. So as a house in Quinnia Church, we have the expectation uh, of, of the prophetic. If you missed last weekend or if you want to re-watch any of, those, uh, any of those services, they're on our YouTube channel, uh, Friday night, Saturday, all the things. Uh, there's some pretty powerful uh, things that are there right on our front page on our, on our YouTube channel is the playlist of all those things. Let me just do a little recap, and then I'm going to talk to you about how we as a church are going to sort of respond to this. Uh, because if you're in the services last week, it was really exciting. Uh, and, but where do we go from there? And, and, and if you got a word last week, you might be thinking, man, they said a lot of incredible things. How do you carry that? That's what I want to talk to you about today. Last week, some of the words over Quinnia Church that were spoken uh, they, they talked about how the church is going to grow, uh, and we're going to have salvations in the house. There's going to be explosion of people that come in. Not explosion like the building's going to blow up, but like an explosion of, of growth within the church, right? That this is, this is going to be a church where there's going to be powerful marriage ministries that are going to happen to bless marriages. There's going to be conferences that are here. There's going to be many leaders that are in development, that we're going to be a church that plants many other churches. There's going to be a music school. There's going to be all kinds. It was pretty exciting, right? Prodigals are going to come back into the house. This church is going to be a house that's known in the community, has influence in the community. That's pretty exciting stuff. Like, I'm saying, yeah, let, let all that happen, God. I want to see all that happen. Now, the good news is, is I know that's exactly what the Lord wants to do because that's what the church is designed to do. All those things is what the church is designed to do. And I also know that historically, as we have moved through the years as a church, Koinonia Church individually, all those things speak directly to the DNA that God has planted in this church over the last 45 years. Uh, and, and so it aligns, right, Con confirmation after confirmation with what we already know about what God wants to do in the house. Now, some of you in this service and in other, the other service received individual prophetic words, uh, and, and you got ministered to, whether here on the stage or you got called out. There were some pretty cool things, right? I mean, people got called out. Uh, I was talking with one guy this morning. He'd never visited the church this morning, and he was trying to hide in the back of the service, and he got called out, and he got a word, <laughs> right? It was actually pretty neat, uh, because God was speaking right to him about the moment that he was in in his life and the things that he was dealing with. Um, and, and that, so if what I heard last weekend individually to people were things like, hey, your kids are coming back to the Lord. The, the Lord has your kids. They might be away but, but he's going to bring them back. Or you're going to have success in business. God wants to bless you in this area or the other area. Some people received a word about new ministry or a new visitation from the Lord. Or some people are just affirmed. God has a plan for you and he, he's not finished with you. He has his hand on you. Lots and lots of good things. But what do you do with that? Right? What do you do with a prophetic word like that? Now, by the way, if you didn't receive a prophetic word individually last week, I just want to tell you, you actually did receive a prophetic word. Because when Chad got up last weekend, because sometimes, man, I know how you are, because I'm the same way. If, if there's somebody that's given prophetic words, I'm like, me, me, over here. Can you, can you give me one? Like, you know, 
And, and, and if we're not careful, right, we, we go feeling just so disappointed that we didn't, we, we didn't get a word. And, and, and I appreciate that. I mean, all of us want to get that kind of word. And that's frankly why, as a church, we want to be more prophetic, not less prophetic. Uh, as, as a church, we are designed to actually speak words of life and encouragement and comfort to one another. So the prophetic is not just for one exciting service uh, once a year at a prophetic summit. It's for all the time for small groups and for uh, service before and after as people are coming in and, and God begins to speak to you words of life for each other. That's the kind of people that we're, we're designed to be. But even if you didn't get called out, you got a word, right? Pastor Chad got up last Sunday and he said, listen, I just feel like, just like he did this morning, Pastor Chad nails it all the time. Like he almost hears from the Lord. It's almost like that. <laughs> and, and he got up last week and he said, I want you to know that the Lord says, I see you. He is the God who sees you. Actually, in the Old Testament, uh, there's a story, and he was talking about that story, and God names himself El Roy, the God who sees. And, and, and Chad said, listen, I want you to know today the Lord sees you. Everybody in the house, God sees you. That's true today, just like it was last week. That's, that, that's a word for today, for you, for your life, for your family. I mean, prophetically speaking, God sees you. He knows your situation. He knows the details of your life. He knows the challenges that you're going through. He knows the doubts in your heart that you're facing right now. He knows the things that you're struggling with. And he sees you and he promises to be with you. He's not leaving you. He's not turning his back on you. But he's present, right? He's for you right now. And he's available. And, and that's a powerful thing. And so we are a people that know that God speaks that he's alive, that he's present today. But what do we do when we get a word like that? What, how do we carry it into the future? And that, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Let me just read a couple of verses to you just to kind of give you a foundation. I want you to know that I love the prophetic. Uh, I think it's fantastic, but the, it's not everything. It's a part of who we are as a church. And so a weekend like last weekend, as wonderful it is, as it is, what we have to do now is roll up our sleeves and go back to the basics of work. Go back to the basics of obedience, repentance, and saying yes to what the Lord wants. Every, living every day saying yes. Yeah. If you never ever get called out of the crowd and be given a prophetic word, let me tell you, you've got a whole lot of prophetic words right here in his scripture. Right? You've got a whole bunch of words straight from the Lord that are designed for you. That, that's all, ultimately, that's really what we need. And if, and if you live your life in obedience to the Lord, saying yes to him, you're going to find the fullness of goodness. Because a lot of times we get excited about the prophetic because it's exciting. What we don't like is the daily living of saying yes to Jesus. And the reality is, is, is if we're not careful, we'll get focused on the excitement of a service like what we had last weekend. And we will devalue the importance, the primary importance of saying yes every day to God. Yes, every day to obedience, to forgiveness, to saying, I'm sorry, God, I did it again, to adjusting our lifestyle to him, to opening the door. Those are the things that really make the difference. Uh, and, and those are the kinds of people that, that we need to be. Let me just read to you Joel 2.28, 2.29, and it shall come to pass afterward. This is Joel in the Old Testament, the prophet, looking forward into the future, looking forward into the moment when Christ would come to the earth and he would die on the cross and the veil would be torn in the temple uh, and, and the open heaven would come for each of us. That's the age we live in today. It says, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is available to everybody. Whether you're a man or you're a woman, whether you're old or you're young, whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're funny looking or you're not funny looking, everybody is included in the invitation to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the presence of the Holy Spirit. For all those who know Jesus Christ, we have been given his presence. We've been given the gift of his presence. Jesus said, it's better for me to go to the Father so that I could send my spirit to be with you because he can be in you. He can live inside of you. You and I now who know Jesus Christ have inside of us, the Holy Spirit, the same power, Paul said, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you and lives inside of me. The dunamis, the dynamic, the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit now is inside of us. And so our expectation is, is that God is talking. Our expectation is that God is present. Our expectation is, is that he's given us all that we need. First Corinthians, Paul begins to give some instructions to a church on the prophetic because we get excited about the prophetic. And in 1 Corinthians, the church was getting excited. And he said, listen, guys, you, you got to stop acting crazy. You got to bring some order into the house. And so he says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, their building, their encouragement, and their consolation. Verse 29, let two or three prophets speak, and then let others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. So when we're talking about being a prophetic church, we're talking about, about being a church that's full of people that prophesy to one another, I want you to know we're also a church of order. We're a church of clarity. We're not a church of confusion. Uh, and, and so Paul says, hey, listen, guys, the prophetic is great. But if you're together all in a house like we are this morning and there's a couple hundred people in the room and everybody just starts prophesying at the same time, it doesn't make much sense. There has to actually be a time and a place and an order so that we can make sense of all. Let me just define, give you a def definition for, for prophecy. And this may be review for you, but if it's, it's not, this, this is what prophecy is. Prophecy is a message from God made through a person for the purpose of edification that's building up, encouragement, comfort, conviction, or guidance. Now that sounds pretty good. That's not scary, right? I think a lot of times when we think about prophecy, we think about like Nostradamus's prophecies, right? We think about prophecies of doom and gloom. We think about prophecies of the end of the world. Uh, and, and the reality is, is that New Testament prophecy is primarily for building up the church. Now who's the church? You're the church. We are the church, the church of the living God. And so prophecy is a message from God that comes through an individual that's designed to build up, to comfort, and to encourage a person. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Let me just read this to you. I think it's important. Uh, I don't have it on the screen, so just listen for just a moment. New Testament prophecy is not fortune-telling. It's not divination or announcing unrelated hidden facts to satisfy curiosity. Right? What happened last week, for example, is not a show. We're not just trying to wow people with information about what these guys could perceive in the supernatural. New Testament prophetic words do not operate in the realm of ESP, occult practices, or mind control. These ungodly means of obtaining information are not to be confused with New Testament prophecy. If you go to a palm reader 
or you go and have your uh, tarot cards read. That's, now, many times, that's just somebody trying to make a buck. But oftentimes, there's not, it's not just a con. Oftentimes, those individuals are actually operating in connection with a demonic spirit. Uh, it's called a familiar spirit that is giving them supernatural information. Uh, not all the time, but sometimes. It's, it's called the occult. That's why we call it an occult practice. And it's essentially, they're trying to get information from a source that is not a God-given source. And they're, not, and they're giving it to you in a context that is not a God-given context. And, and so it's, not, it's something that we as believers are actually warned to stay away from. Let me just tell you, you don't read horoscopes. You don't go and get your tarot read. You don't have your palm read. You don't look to anybody, witches or brujas or any else to try to tell you anything. You're not looking to go to pay somebody to, to, to remove a curse or put a curse on. That's garbage. That's all from darkness, okay? So when we talk about New Testament prophecy, what we're talking about is the reality that we have a good God that wants to speak to his people to build them up to, for their best. We don't do it for sale. We don't do it for a show. We're not trying to impress people. What we're trying to do is build people up so that they can understand their God-given purpose. I want to live by God-given purpose in this life. And every single person in this house has a God-given destiny. And when we see the prophetic happen at its best, it's when God begins to affirm and confirm in people what he wants to do in their lives. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Let me just finish this. New Testament prophecy receives revelation from the Holy Spirit that enables the prophet to see facts in relation to God's purposes and to report that information in such a way that the church might be built up and people find their God-given destiny. I guess that's what I just said, and I just repeated myself. My apologies. Four, very quickly, four realms of prophecy. And I, I've said this before, but uh, there's four types of prophecy. One is prophecy of Scripture. Now, this Bible is, a, is all prophetic, 100%. Uh, it, it, it comes from God through human beings that were moved by the Spirit of God to write down the words that the Lord gave them. And, and so this right here is all prophetic, and it's probably all the prophecy in one sense that we, we would ever need. If we never receive another prophetic word, this is enough. And every other word that's ever spoken from someone that is supposed to be prophetic is always measured against this. This is our standard. This is our litmus test. Uh, when, we, when we wonder if someone comes up to us and says, thus saith the Lord to you, or gives you a message from heaven, supposedly, if it is not in alignment with this, then you throw it out. This, this, this is the way that we evaluate everything. Frankly, guys, this is how you learn how to hear the voice of God. Because when you read the words here, they're, they're spiritual words, there's life in them, and they begin to speak to your spirit, and you begin to be trained to understand what God sounds like. If you want to learn how to hear God's voice, you start by reading his word, and he will begin to train you how to hear his voice. And so the very top level of the prophetic is scripture, and it's what we measure everything else against. Secondly, there's a spirit of prophecy, what we call the spirit of prophecy, we see it about I read about it in Revelation chapter 19. And the spirit of prophecy is what happens in the house like this one when we're in worship to Jesus. And then suddenly those who don't normally have the gift of prophecy begin to perceive things sort of in the prophetic, in the supernatural. And, and so that, what happens is like when someone came up this morning, like Lisa came up a few moments ago and she said that word. And if in your spirit you go, wow, yes, that's exactly what the Lord is saying.
is saying today, that's because the spirit of prophecy is here. It's, it's kind of like we all are elevated a little bit higher. Now, worship does that for us. It takes us to a higher place. It begins to open up our spirit. And as we worship Jesus, he takes us up to a higher level. If you want to hear the voice of God, begin with worship. Right? If you're struggling, saying, God, I don't know what to do, you begin to praise. You get your eyes off of yourself. You get your eyes off of the thing you're worrying about. You get yourself out of that place of such, word, i got to get a word, i got to go. Stop, stop that. Go and worship Jesus and allow him to begin to speak to you because that's what happens in the spirit of prophecy. The thirdly is the gift of prophecy. Now, the gift of prophecy is a unique gift, and we read about the gifts uh, throughout the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 speak a lot about the gifts. And there's many different kinds of gifts, right? Uh, but prophecy is certainly one of them. 1 Corinthians 12, 10 says, To another, the working of miracles. So that's one type of gift, the miraculous. To another, prophecy. That's another gift he mentions. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. That's a gift of discernment. To another, various kinds of tongues. Uh, to an, that could be languages uh, of angels. Scripture says, or of the earth, uh, to another, the interpretation of tongues. So those are right there, I think, four or five different gifts that are listed. And prophecy or the prophetic is just one of the many gifts that God wants to give to the church. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, uh, and that gift is not given to everybody. Now, Paul says very clearly, all of us should desire it, which I think if he says we should all desire it, it's probably also available. But the reality is, is that some people just have the gift of prophet, prophecy more readily than others. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and so we talk about them having that, that gift. Where, where should we operate in the gift of prophecy in this church? Primarily in small groups. Uh, primarily uh, when we gather together in team meetings, before and after service, when you're with people, the people of God, that's when you should be prophesying to one another. And let me just talk to you about what that should look like, because I think sometimes that sounds weird. Um, Prophecy really is available uh, because God's voice is available. Do you believe God speaks today? Okay, so if God speaks today, that means prophecy, which is God speaking through people, is available today. And frankly, it's available to you because, number one, God can speak to you. So very, let's start very basic. I'm a very basic person. I need to know things very basic. So very basic is, hey, listen, if you're reading God's word and, and he begins to, in, to speak to you, in other words, that verse begins to speak to you, that is like a very basic first-level prophecy. Type, type of gift. So uh, turn with me if you brought your Bible. If you didn't, uh, that's okay. Uh, but uh, turn with me to Matthew, what, what was I going to turn to? Matthew chapter 6 for just a second. I'm just going to give you just a little illustration. All right, so this is like super basic. Um, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 25. Are you looking? Are you looking? Matthew 6, 25. Why are you not looking? No, I'm just kidding. Matthew 6, 25. So let's say you're just reading your Bible, all right? So you're just reading Scripture, and this happens to be what you're reading. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Okay, and it goes on, and Jesus continues to talk to people about how important and valuable they are to him, and how if they put the kingdom of God first, then he's going to take care of the rest. Now, if you read that, and the Lord just begins to say to you, hey, Andrew, that's for you. Like, you've been worried, 
And, and, and you've been twisted up about your paycheck and about money and about the future and how you're going to get more. And you've been focused on material things and, and you're so twisted up in it that you can't even be at peace. Hey, this is for you. Like, you need to believe that Jesus cares for you and, and that he's actually going to take care of these things if you put him first. That, that's God speaking to you. Right? That, that actually will happen. Not every verse will inspire you in the moment, but you'll re be reading the word and then God will begin to speak to you prophetically a word for yourself. Now, th that's the first level. The second level is, is like then maybe as you're reading it, someone comes to your mind. A friend or someone you know who's just really torn up and worried about the future, about resources, about money, about finances. They're upside down and they're so torn up about it that, that they're just tormented and they don't have God's peace. And they come to your mind as you're reading this. Now, what do you do? Don't call them and say, hey, I got a word for you. Don't, don't do that first. This is what you do. You begin to pray for them and say, God, you know what? You're so good, and I know you love my brother or my sister. And right now, even as I pray for them, I pray that you would just release faith into their heart. Let them know that you're caring. For, and you begin to pray for them. You pray that over them. Now, if you go throughout the day, I would say this is kind of a good test. If you go throughout the day and they keep coming to your mind and you keep praying for them, then that might actually be a word for them. Uh, and, and so then I would say, share it with them. Now, the great thing about a word like that is you can't go wrong because it's Jesus speaking to his people, right? And, and so, it's so it's so very basic and encouraging and life-giving that you can give that to the person without any fear, right? Of, of, because you could just, and, 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 and let me just say this, when you give it to them, don't say, thus saith the Lord, brother. <laughs> and, and please don't say, You've been in sin and doubt and letting finances worry your heart and that kind of doubt is to take you out right out of the Lord's will. Don't, don't, no, don't, don't, don't rebuke them. Just say, hey, I was reading and I thought about you and I thought this verse might be encouraging to you because I, I want you to know that God's going to take care of you. And, and here's the verse. Now, isn't, we can all do that. We can all, now, that's, that's the first sort of first baby steps for encouraging one another with the prophetic, right? It's, it, it's, it's the word become active in the moment for a person. Why? To build them up. You can do that anytime. Now, if you want to give someone or you feel like the Lord tells, is giving you a word that is directive, like telling them to do something, that's when you start getting a little bit more careful. All right? So, for example, don't ever, uh, do me a favor, don't ever tell someone to marry somebody else. I mean, that's a real basic rule, you know. Lord says, John, you need to marry Jill. Well, I don't like Jill. I'm not attracted to Jill. Well, that doesn't matter. The Lord says you're going to marry, you know. So let's, let's not do stuff like that, okay? When, when you move from encouragement and comfort to direction, you're moving to a different level of prophecy, okay? And that's where you have to be very careful. That's when you need to bring that to a spiritual leader, to a pastor. You, you can take them all to Pastor Chad, uh, and, and he'll take care of all of them. Uh, and, and, and you begin to check them in with a spiritual leader, and you say, hey, listen, this is, I've been praying about this, I got this word, and I feel like this is what the Lord is saying, and, and then they will, your spiritual leader, will speak into it and, and kind of give you maybe some, some ways to think about it, some handles, give you some wisdom, or, or rebuke you really harsh and say, don't ever do that again. No, no, we, we don't do that. Please ask us. If you're not sure and you want to grow, ask. We love it. 
to get asked. We, we love to be able to speak and encourage you to use your gifts. I want people in this church to be encouraging, loving, building up, giving each other comfort, words from the Lord all the time. We should be doing that all the time, but we'll not do it unless we grow. So there's room to grow here. There's room for us to stretch and grow. We're going to give each other permission. Uh, and, and we're not always going to get it perfect all the time. But, uh, but we do that in the sense of aligning with the Word of God and making sure that we're submitted to what God wants to do. Does that make sense to you? Now, listen, what are some of the limitations of the prophetic ministry? Now, you have to, whenever you speak a prophetic word to someone or someone speaks a prophetic word to you, you have to know, first of all, that it has to be judged. You have to actually evaluate it. You have to make sure it lines up with Scripture. You have to make sure it lines up with the character of God. You have to make sure that it actually, uh, that it is uh, confirmed inside of you and, and by others. And so the very first thing you do, if you got a word last weekend, or if anybody ever gives you a word that's prophetic, you start to ask yourself, does it line up with Scripture? Is it in contradiction with the character of God? And thirdly, what kind of confirmations does it have? Um, confirmations is, uh, come from not only inside of you, it's, it's pretty neat when you get a prophetic word and it lines up right with what God is doing in, inside your heart. It's almost like they're reading, I call it reading your mail, or, or they're, it's like they're reading the secrets of your heart. And, and the person begins to speak to you and says, hey, I feel like you've been worrying about this, this, and this. And you go, I haven't told anybody that. How do you know that? Right? And, 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 and the Lord says, you don't, you don't need to be worried about that. That's one level of confirmation. And many times what the Lord will do is he'll give you confirmation inside of yourself. Uh, there could be confirmation from the people that know you the best around you. Uh, that can actually, you know, because sometimes somebody gives you a word and you're like, I don't, I don't know if that's really for me. But your spouse says, bro, wake up. That's totally for you. That, that's a level of confirmation. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Virginia. I shared this a, a little bit ago. Uh, someone gave me a word and it said, Andrew, uh, the Lord is calling you to redig the wells at Koinonia Church. That's the, that, I thought, oh, that's really cool. You know, I've heard that kind of before. Last week, one of the guys that was here said, he turned to me and said, Andrew, you're called to redig the wells here at Koinonia. Oh, oh. Okay, well, I guess the Lord is saying something about redigging the wells, right? There might be a confirmation. I swear, every time anybody ever prophesies to me, it's like, Andrew, you're redigging the wells. Okay, tell me something I don't know, bro. This is, this is where I'm at. I understand. I'm supposed to redig the wells. And so that's multiple confirmations, right? One is nice. I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's from the Lord. Maybe it's not, because prophecy is imperfect right? Uh, this is what the scripture says about it. It says for our, in 1 Corinthians 13, our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, prophecy is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. So the prophet in the New Testament is not perfect, right? He's a human being. He or she's a human being that's hearing the voice of God's coming to their spirit and they're delivering it to you. And it's not always exactly right. There might be a little bit of, of misunderstanding. There's a little bit of static, kind of like the game of telephone, right? By the time he gets to the last person, it's not always exactly the same thing. So, so you have to judge it and you look for things like confirmations uh, and you look for things uh, that, that begin to tell you that, that it's actually aligned with what God wants to do. It has to be, prophecy has to be proven. It actually has to be tested. You want, to, you want to be able to see if it really is legitimate or not. Um, let, let me just, if you're following, for those that are following the notes online, uh, let, let me just move quickly to reaping the benefits of the prophetic. Let me just end uh, with this. Um, very often when it comes to getting a prophetic word, whether we get it just individually, we feel like God speaks it to our heart, 
or we get it from someone else that begin to speak it over us, what we often can do is we make some errors. The first error that we often make is we take no responsibility. Right? Somebody says to me, Andrew, you're going to redig the wells at Koinonia. Like, well, that, that's fantastic. Um, and, uh, I guess God, just do it, God. Just do it. And that's taking no responsibility, and that's a mistake. They're, they're actually, what, we're not dealing with like for, uh, future telling where, where the prophet is telling you something that's going to happen for sure in the future. What we're usually dealing with when we're talking about a prophetic ministry is we're dealing about almost like prophetic potential. We're, we're, what the prophet sees many times is what God wants to do, the fullness of his grace and his goodness for you, right? The reality is, is God wants to see your whole household saved. He wants to see you blessed. He wants to see you out of debt. That, that's all true. I could prophesy that over you all day long, but you're going to have to do something with that word. You, it's not just enough to say, well, God, thanks for saying that over me. Now I just can take a rest. You can't just put it on a shelf and wait for it to happen. You and I actually have a responsibility to step into it. We have to do something with it. Uh, and, and so th there comes a, a level of engagement. I'm 20 Plus years ago, I remember someone visited Koinonia. This was even at our old, old building, so it's probably longer than that, 25 years ago. And um, it was at the end of the service. They had an altar call, and we're all, there's a bunch of people at the service. And the, and the pastor looks over, and he picks me out of the crowd. Uh, and he didn't know me. And he says, hey, he says, young man, he says, you're going to speak. I see you preaching in Spanish in other nations. I think, wow, well, that's pretty cool, you know. Now, the, the moment he said that, I think that's really awesome. But the other thing is, I also realized there's now a responsibility that I have to carry that word. Because if I'm just going to say, well, that's great, and I just sort of says, well, Lord, when are you going to do it? You know, just drop the Spanish on me, God. You know, I mean, por favor, senor, you know, dame la lengua. Um, and, and, and you can just wait. And, and, but that's not the way it works. That now means there's some responsibility that I have. I can't make it happen. Right? I, I can't force it to happen. It would have been have foolish to me to start making calls to Latin America saying, hey, you need some, somebody to speak. You know, I got faith to come and try to speak in the language. No, I probably need to take some classes. I probably need to practice my Spanish. I probably need to take whatever opportunities I can to prepare myself for that. So that's stewarding and carrying the thing without trying to force the thing to happen. The thing about the prophetic is many times you don't know the timing, you don't know the place. You you don't understand how quickly it's going to happen, and many times you don't know how it's going to happen. And, and the moment we hear the word, we think, oh, I know exactly how that applies. And we begin to, to figure out, oh, I know what God's going to do. My, chances are you don't know what God's going to do. Chances are you prob it's probably different. How many times has he done something different than the way that you thought he would do it? And so with the prophetic, it's the same thing. We receive it, and, we, and then we have to be faithful with it. So we, we make a mistake of taking no responsibility. We make a mistake sometimes of using prophetic words as the way to tell us how to live our lives. And it's almost like we're waiting for a prophetic word in order to, to make a decision to invest money or start a business. It's like, God, tell me what to do. I just need a prophetic word. And many times that is not the right way to view prophecy. 
Because what you'll end up doing, again, the prophet sort of sees, uh, I think John John talked about it, like seeing through a straw. And so it's almost like he's looking through, he or she's looking through a straw, and he sees a picture of a little piece of what God wants to do in your life or my life, and he begins to share it with you, but he doesn't see the whole picture. And many times what we're doing is saying, God, give me a word, I need to know what to do. And, and, and God's saying, I've already told you what to do, be faithful, be, 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 you know, be obedient, keep walking forward, but don't just wait on some prophet to tell you whether or not you should brush your teeth in the morning. I mean, sometimes we get really silly. You know, some, don't wait for a prophet to tell you to get some education. Get some education. You know, if, if you're a young person, do me a favor. Here's a word from the Lord. Get some education. Okay? I mean, there's some things that we just need to do and we already know, and it's to our detriment that we're, we say, I'm waiting on a word from the Lord. You already got your word. Be faithful. Be obedient. Go forward. Be filled with faith. Do the things that he's called you to do. Serve, give, forgive, obey. That's the word of the Lord for us, right? And so many times we make an error of putting prophecy somewhere that it doesn't deserve to be. Um, Don't make the error of comparing your prophetic word with somebody else. Or the fact that maybe you didn't get a prophetic word and you think, oh my gosh, that other person is more special than me because they got a word. That's bogus. That's not the way to think about it. Every single person, God knows you, God sees you, God has a plan for you. So our responsibility is to receive the ministry with meekness and humility. I remember when I was a teenager, prophetic people are weird sometimes. And koinonia people are weird sometimes. And I'm sorry about it, it's just the way that it is. Um, and I, I remember as a teenager, I was probably 16 or 17 years old, and there's an old woman in the church. She was, she was old compared to me. I don't think she was that old, but um, she, she came up to me and she said, Andrew, I, I just feel like the Lord wants me to pour this vial of oil on your head. Um, and, you know, she wanted to pray something over me. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I don't want you to pour this, oil on this vial of oil on my head. And it was one of these little things, you know. Uh, and, and she says, I'm, I just feel like the Lord tells me I need to pour this on your head. So I let her pour it on my head. Yes. Why? Because I believe in being meek and humble. Yes, sir. I, believe, I, I, I want what the Lord has. And even if, she's, even if she's making a mistake, even if she doesn't really need to pour the oil on my head, I'm willing to risk... Because that's not, that's, there's not a risk there. I mean, I got a pimple afterwards, right? Because it was like, you know, so there was a risk. But the key is our heart has to be meek and humble and, and willing to receive what the Lord has. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we come to, when somebody wants to give you a word, I, don't be resistant. You know, sometimes people give me words, they give it in the wrong way, the wrong tone. You know, I don't like what they say. I don't like the way they say it. Uh, but check your heart. You say, Lord, what, is, do you have something to say here to me? Do, may, maybe I need to soften myself because maybe even though they used the wrong words, maybe they said it in the wrong way, they, they didn't do it exactly the way that I would like, maybe you actually have something to say to me. And that spirit of meekness and humility opens you up and, and it allows, I think, God to speak to you even when, sometimes even when the person is wrong. Because the reality is, is I'm not looking for the word of the Lord from a person. I'm looking to hear the word of the Lord. And, and he can use any vessel. If he can use a donkey in the Old Testament, he can use an old lady who wants to dump some oil on my head. 
right? He, he can do it in any way that he wants. And our responsibility is to be meek and humble, to be full of faith and expectation, and to wait on the Lord to give us the thing that he wants us to give. Um, and, and we have to be faithful and patient. Faithful and patient. Because many times we get ahead of God. And the thing that the Lord has given you a little picture, he's given you a little encouragement of things that he wants to do, a little of, a, of insight in the blessing that he has for your life and for your family in the future, and you don't know when it's going to happen. And what we have to do is we have to be faithful and obedient and patient to allow the Lord to do it in his timing. In his timing. When the prophet says, uh, this church, Koinonia, is going to plant many other churches, my heart explodes in joy. That's what I want. That's in my heart. It's been in my heart forever. I believe that's what Koinonia is called to do. Now, I've got some work to do. I can be faithful and patient. I, I can't force that to happen. Neither can I just wait for it to happen. I have to understand and discern how we should move forward in a way that waits on God, but is faithful in the meantime. And the lastly, I'll just give you this one. There's a responsibility that we have to receive the word with a warrior's spirit. And I talked about it two weeks ago. First Timothy says this, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. More often than not, when you get a word, it's to prepare you for the fight that is to come. There's some work to do. And I just want to encourage you, Koinonia. I love the prophetic. I love the prophetic summit. I'm, I'm looking forward to what God is going to do through it. But the reality is for you and for me, for all of us, right now, what we have to do is we have to roll up our sleeves and be faithful. We have to roll up our sleeves and say, God, what do you have for me today? Because my call is to be obedient. Lord, I want to see all the things that you have for me. I want to see all the things that you have for your people. But more often than not, I got to get out of my bed. I got to get on my knees. I got to get my Bible out. I got to say, Jesus, deal with me today. I'm going to do what you want me to do today. I'm going to forgive today. I'm going to walk in the way that you want me to do today. I'm going to say no to the enemy today, and I'm going to repeat it tomorrow. Lord, I'm not going to just chase after a nice moment. I'm going to chase after daily obedience. If we want to see God do all the things that he wants to do in our life, it's the key is daily obedience. The key is daily saying yes to him. Daily saying, God, what do you have for me? I want to say yes to you. Forgive me, God, for, for yesterday. I'm starting a fresh day. Your mercies are new today. God, I'm reaching out for your grace today. Would you lead me? Would you fill me? Would you guide me? Would you open, Lord, the doors for me? I'm going to say yes to you every single day. That's how we become a people of the prophetic. That's how we become a people that are actually walking in accordance with his will. Would you stand to your feet? Let me just pray for you. Would you raise your hands in the air? Let me just quickly bless you, Lord Jesus. Make us a people. Prayer teams, would you come down right now, please? Make us a people, oh God, that would be full of your presence. Make us a people that would be hearing your voice continuously. Make us a people that would be hungry for the things of God. Lord, most of all, make us a people who would be obedient. Obedient to you. Obedient to you. Obedient to you. Lord, lead us in the way that you would have us go. Forgive us for choosing our own way. Forgive us, Lord, for not listening when you have said to us we're to listen and teach us every day, God, to walk according to your will. Lord, would you fill every home and every family represented here with your presence? Would you open wide the doors of heaven over them? Lord, let this people be a people that's marked by you. Let this people, God, be a people that's different from the world. 
world. Empower them, God, with your spirit. Empower them to be more than what they can be on their own. By your, by your spirit, God, fill them to overflowing. Go before them and guard them and make a way for them, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. God bless you this morning. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at casinghamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.